Good evening, guys. How are you, family and friends? Thank you guys for the opportunity to be in front of you one more time. I hope everyone is doing well. I miss you all. I pray everything is going great. There's blessings and miracles flowing in your lives. I am so honored to be here. I want to first give honor to our Bishop James Harris and Lady Sylvia Harris. We want to thank you for being the best pastors ever. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your prayers, all of your sacrifice and your guidance, wisdom, your leadership. We thank you, Bishop and Lady. And I am so happy that I can share what God has given me. I enjoy studying and researching and finding God in the word, finding God in the word, finding what he gives you. And then you make it come forth with the studying and he leads you. It's all wonderful to me. And I thank God for that opportunity. I'm not perfect. So y'all pray for me in Jesus name. All right. All right. So tonight we are we are talking about the fourth watch. That title is it's intriguing, but it was intriguing to me as well. And if we talk about what we went, what we talked about on last Wednesday, we were talking about, we discussed the hindrances that could put us in repeated cycles because we have allowed them to stay. Um, if you're going to pursue your God-given potential, you're going to find yourself in situations and face opportunities that will require decisions and actions. Uh, some of those decisions and actions may appear risky to you, but your potential is the sum of all possibilities that God has for you. And I'm going to say that again. Your potential is the sum of all possibilities that God has for your life. All right. What we see as a risk from our perspective could be the very situation God uses to strengthen our faith what we think holds the potential for loss or damage, God may very well be the using, the, using it to strengthen our characters. What we view as taking a chance very possibly could be what God will use to carry us one giant step closer to fulfilling our purpose and reaching our potential. Uh, in the New Testament, we are going to talk about, we're going to read from Matthew. That's going to be Matthew. And I'm going to just go through this really quickly. Um, Matthew chapter 14. And I'm just going to, I'm going to narrate it for you. So what we're going to be discussing is the fourth watch. The Savior had just fed. If you look at this chapter with me, I'm just going to sum it up and also give you some tips as I read the scripture. The Savior had just fed 5,000. He instructed the disciples to get into a boat and pick him up later. After he had dismissed the multitude and later spent some solitude prayer, the disciples obeyed. And it was late afternoon or early evening when they got into the ship and pushed out into the Sea of Galilee. Jesus sent the multitude home and then turned to communion with his father. Uh, he prayed into the evening and long into the night. And in the meantime, a storm had swept down on the disciples in their voyage. And when even, evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing as the wind was contrary unto them. That's Mark 6, 47 to 48. In Matthew's version, it says that the ship was tossed with waves. And in John's account, we read, and the sea arose by, re by reason of a great wind that blew. 
So when they had rolled about five and 20 and 34 furlongs, and let me explain that. A furlong is about 220 to 225 yards. So they had rolled 25 to 30 furlongs. Um, they rolled about 65 to 70 football fields, if you want to make, if that makes you see it better, into the wind during the storm. As would be expected, they were exhausted and fearful. I think it's really important. Mark relates that Jesus saw them toiling and rowing. They did not know that he was aware of their danger. They didn't realize that he was up on the hill looking down, watching them. They only knew that they had rowed a long time in the wind, remaining contrary, that they were exhausted and they had needed help. So we ask ourselves, why did Jesus wait until the fourth watch of the night? Why does he wait until the fourth watch? Um, there are many answers to a question like this. One answer is certain. God lets us struggle so that we might be humbled in our struggle. It is then that our Lord can basically discipline us. Okay, um, He lets us struggle so that we can see that we have nothing and he has everything. He lets us struggle so that we might have faith and God lets us struggle so that we might see the reality of who he is. What it is that the disciples said after he took place, they fell down on their knees before Christ and said, truly, you are the son of God, which made me kind of scratch my head because they just saw God feed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread. But don't we do that sometimes? Sometimes we forget, like Bishop preached about, we forget about the miracle God just brought us out of when we're in the storm of another. So the fourth watch is the hours between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It's oftentimes a tremendous spiritual attack for many Christians during this time. It is during the night watches that the enemy wages his greatest assault on the minds of believers planting seeds of fear, anxiety, and doubt while they sleep. This is also the time of night that the most violent crimes are committed, the most self-destructive behavior often occurs. In the fourth watch, you watch for prophets, warriors, intercessors, lovesick believers. Lovesick believers like, I show enough love, God. There's no doubts in my mind. It's just lovesick. Um, we learn why the fourth watch of the morning is also one of the most powerful times to pray. Biblically, many strategic events took place, particularly during the night and early morning hours, watches. Um, some of them were Moses led the Israelites across the Red Sea. Jacob wrestled with God and met him face to face just before entering into his destiny as Israel. Gideon defeated the Midianites. Midianites, y'all know what I'm trying to say. And God heard David's voice in the morning. Um, the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field to announce the birth of the Savior. Many things happen in the fourth watch. Why is it important? Why is the fourth watch important? When I read the scripture, those words just jumped up at me, the fourth watch. And I was like, what is the fourth watch and why was it significant to be in the word. I think about the stages of our trials and tribulations. And I think about if God were to come in the first watch or the second watch, and it's just by three hours. So the fourth watch is the very end, right before you go into morning. It's like the darkest time. It's right before you go into morning, right before the sun rises. When we advance into the second watch, 
and he doesn't come, a certain cold fear often begins to spread through us as the wind's velocity does not diminish, okay? Okay, we still fight, we're still moving forward. As we move into the third watch, you may be tempted to make some assumptions that are very dangerous and foolish to make. God is not listening to me. He doesn't care. Or more dangerous yet, he is not there. We assume I'm not worthy. He's not listening. He doesn't care. No one is there to respond. If he were there and if we were listening or if I were worthy, he could certainly come. But when you feel somewhat desperate, when it seems like your prayers aren't answered and the winds still blow, take comfort in in the knowledge that he is on the hillside watching. Remember, you might not know that he's watching as you struggle in the boat, but he is on the hillside watching and he will come. But the general, but we generally comes in the fourth watch. That's when God comes after we have done all we can do. After we're at the end of ourselves, that's when God shows up. And I just think about as we get closer to the return of Christ, the attacks will be greater, just like we got one shot to get this thing in life right, right? We got one shot to get this thing called life right. And Satan also has one shot to destroy what you are setting out to do. So he's got his best foot forward as well. He's taking no prisons and what you have comfortable with those areas in your life, with those areas that are comfortable and that you've settled in, the enemy is gaining territory if we don't address those things that we talked about last week. God is calling for those who have decided with everything that will be, that they will serve God with everything that they have. Those who won't settle for a free 90-day membership to church, then move on to the next. But you're not about the church, the outward appearance, the, the, the gifts and all of that. You're concerned about pleasing God. We're not concerned about the other things that are just not of value. Like you talked about last week, putting price tags on expensive things that is a low value. We got to make sure we're valuing the important things in our lives. We also got to be aware that, you know, we always are praying and thinking about ourselves. Like my testimony, I struggle with addiction and payments and actually gave and felt that there was no way that I can live without these pills. I, pr- I prayed, I cried, I pleaded with God, just take desire away. I could not see myself free of it. And the deeper you go into sin, the harder it gets to get back to God. It's not just the decision for yourself, but it's the mindset that I had to fight. It's the flesh I had to conquer. It's the disappointment I had to deal with daily. Wanting to stop, I could see how it was affecting my family. And I thought I had everything under control and no one knew, but I had I had nothing in control. Nothing at all. I don't know if you guys have been in a situation like that where you literally just could not see your way out of a situation. And you thought that I'm going to die with this. So that action, along with my depression that went so deep into my past, it was so deep into my past. It had me to a place where I had said, I'm done. I give up. And then there was that one weekend that God just gave me an overwhelming peace that I had not felt in a long 
time. I just knew God was done with me. I know he was tired of forgiving me, but this peace came over me. And that peace lasted all weekend until I could get to the rehab on Monday. And then God just started speaking to me. I feel like in that moment was my fourth watch. And what I learned is that I, I learned that God is a forgiving God, that it doesn't matter how many times I mess up, he's never going to leave me. And had I not experienced that, then I may have learned that years down the road, but I don't know why we went through what I went through. I don't know why you went through what you went through. But what I do know is that God is turning around and he's working it for my good. And as we fast forward to today, like, it's just like now that I know and I have experienced God's faithfulness and his love and his forgiving power, then it's like, I can't forget it. I can't forget what he's done. I know that he waits to the full watch to come get me because there's a learning, a strengthening. There is um, wisdom that's gained in those experiences. And we got to trust that God is watching from the hillside, like in the scripture. And sometimes when you're in that windy storm, it doesn't seem like God is seeing what's going on because you're so surrounded by chaos. But God is watching. He sees it. He hasn't moved yet, but he will move because God wants to get the glory out of your life. He's trying to teach you to trust him, to love him, regardless of what you're going through. So we're here today. But what we have to realize is that the devil is not just attacking you at all. He wants to attack your family, your children. He wants to attack anything that's around you, your loved ones, he'll take whatever, whatever he can grab to, and he'll use that to attack you and your seeds. And you guys heard Trey's testimony about his his um, whole, idea, I guess, situation with marijuana. And I began to, because I understood the why, because I understood the feelings and I was able to communicate with that to him, he didn't felt like he was by himself. So I thank God I could relate to my son, but then I went to war in prayer. Because Satan, you can't have my kids. You can't have nothing that belongs to me because it's mine. And the enemy only has power if you give it to him. He only has power. He can't do nothing with the word. He can't do nothing with the word. You start quoting those scriptures, having your kids to say it, praying with them every day, you will see change. You will see God has turned their mindset around because if he can get in your mind, if he can get in your mind, he can destroy everything around you, everything. So I want you to know that God is watching from the hillside. He definitely is. And you're not alone in this fight, but I need you to understand that this fight is not for people that are short-minded. And I I begin to think about... (laughs) that the the whole thing about being nearsighted and farsighted. We do have some nearsighted Christians, okay? They're unable to see things clearly unless they are relatively close to the eyes. Owing the focusing around them, they can't see far, but they can see their situation and so they respond to it. So I looked up synonyms for nearsightedness. And you guys can Google this yourself. Don't think I put words. I didn't say this stuff. But this are these are the synonyms for nearsightedness, blind, careless, foolish, headlong, ill-advised, ill-considered, 
imperceptive, impractical, injudicious, and rash. Okay? Those are things that we all want to be in God. Because if you're nearsighted, you're going to find yourself staying, staying right where you are for years and years to come. Then I looked at farsightedness. And it says it is common vision condition in which you can see distant objects clearly, but objects nearby may be blurry. The degree of your farsightedness influencing your focusing and your ability. Okay, so we want to make sure that we are farsighted. We want to make sure we're not in a storm just looking at the storm, but we can see beyond the storm. Um, And it's so important to condition your sight. I know that we walk by faith and not by sight. Our spiritual sight has to be conditioned. We got to build the spiritual muscle in our lives, in our churches, and in our country. And in order for you to get that, that, that ability to see past what you can see with your physical eye, you have to strengthen your spiritual life. You have, to spirit, you have to strengthen your heart, strengthen your mind. The only way to do that is by prayer and fasting. Because I know that you guys know that we are fighting against so many attacks from the enemy, attacks that we haven't even recognized yet. And if you're nearsighted, he'll just keep one little thing in front of you to keep you distracted. It's like, <laughs> it's like a cat with a little, a little ball. They'll just play with that and play with it. And they're not seeing that the entire house is on fire or the entire house is being torn down because they're just playing with the little things and dealing with the continued cycles that they have in their life. But we need to be farsighted in Christ. We need to be able to see distant objects better than the objects that's close range. We need to be capable of seeing to a great distance, planning prudently for the future, Um, capable of seeing far, having or showing prudent judgment and foresight. Modifying your nearsighted thinking opens you up to farsighted perceptions. The antidote to nearsighted vision is nearsighted and nearsighted behavior is to refocus and expand outward into your true self. So if we change our vision, we can change our perception and then we can refocus and expand outward into our true selves by listening to the word of God, by praying. Uh, They said that praying during the fourth watch, I don't know if you guys have ever been awakened during the hours of three to 6 a.m. and you can't go back to sleep. They said that this is a special time to pray. This is this is the time of morning that God like God likes this time of morning. He's he's listening. Everything else is is calm and he can hear you. So if you haven't been awakened and you can't go back to sleep, I urge you to pray. This is a special time for prayer warriors, intercessors. And I know we have a lot of them here out in Redeemed Assembly, but around this time there is a special I feel anointing during these hours of prayer. I think about us just looking into our future. I think about us and where we are in timing. We're in a crucial time right now where it is important for us to continue to pray. It is important for us to not get comfortable. Comfortable or complacency is the killer of dreams. It murders your dreams. It murders your your goals, your aspirations, your inspiration. It just murders it. If you're just continually complacent, you got to ask yourself, what have I done different? 
have I used all of my gifts? Uh, am I really trying to do what the word of God has told me to do? Am I really taking risks or am I just sitting in this boat, just waiting for God to rescue me? I feel like Peter, when he asked God, you know, to let me walk on water, it was a risk. And I think Peter had experiences prior to, and that led him to say, I'm willing to take a risk. I've seen enough. This is an amazing God. And he did. He took a rest. And, and now God and Peter are the only two people that walked on earth, as far as I know. So you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to be willing to leave your comfortable spot and say, I'm not effective right now. I'm not moving. I'm doing the same thing every day, all the time. God's not sending me anyone to minister to. And it can get so easy because it's not like you planned it. But life just kind of moves you that way, where this is what I do every day. I didn't do nothing wrong. I still talk to God. But we got to be constantly having sharpened ears. And that comes through prayer, fasting, and reading your word. It comes through exercising the gifts that God is giving you. Exercising the gifts that God is giving you. And I don't want us to be in a complacent place in this world because God needs all of his soldiers to be out there fighting to win more people to Christ because the enemy is like he I'm telling you he's putting his best foot forward he's putting his best foot forward he has studied you he knows how you tick he knows what your triggers are he knows it all he does but he also knows that he's powerless unless you give him that power so we have to stop saying, it's okay, I'm going to get there. Y'all pray for me. I'm yet holding on. No, no, no. We have to fight. We have to continue to move because God is continuing to move. All right? So I just don't want us to be complacent. Understand that if you're in a storm right now, he is watching from the hillside. He sees it. He's not going to leave you there. But he does want you to take courage. He says, do not be afraid. I am here. That's what he told Peter and the disciples. Do not be afraid. I am here. So if you're going through something, count it a blessing and say, God, whatever it is that you want me to learn from this experience, God, show me. Because I really, 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 really want to meet the full potential that you have given me. I want to live the life that you have planned for me. And I don't want to be stuck in a circle. And I was stuck for years, for years. Doing this right here, Bible study was not easy for me. But I told myself, well, no, when, when I was asked, I was just like, I'm just going to take a risk. If I'm bad, I'm bad. If I'm good, I'm good. But I'm taking a risk and I'm going to figure out what's wrong. If one person liked it, if one person was touched, it was worth the study. It was worth the study because it's building me. But if one person is blessed by something that I have said, that's all that matters to me. My values have completely changed, and I'm grateful to God for that. But I just wanted to encourage you guys today, the fourth watch, don't get upset because God always come in the fourth watch. Don't get weary and well-doing. Don't stop doing. Don't, stop, don't start thinking negatively. Don't start thinking outside of your head. Just know that God is with you. Read your word. Apply it. Speak it over and over again. Whatever you do, do not allow the enemy to use what you have against you, okay? It's so much on this topic, but I'm going to stop right there. I just want to encourage you guys today that 
God is never going to leave. He's always going to be there for you. Pray. If God awakens you during the fourth watch, wake up and pray. Give God what he wants. And I promise you, you will continue to move in God. Guys, it's been a pleasure to be before you. I love you. I thank you for this opportunity. I miss you guys. Be blessed on this week. All right. Bye-bye.